Well, in closing, I'd just like to. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Are you guys are getting out early today. Are you like <laughs> you're definitely going to beat the beat the Baptists to wherever you go. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's so good. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of announcements. I want to encourage you to stay connected to the loop. You know, we don't do printed bulletins, but digital ones. And if you haven't, you know, you can just text the word loop to the text in church number. And, and um, that way it's a, it gives you a URL to our website, a little quick link. And um, you can stay and find out what's happening. We've got a bunch of things coming up besides the Christmas service, um, Christmas Eve service on Friday the 25th, or 24th, I should say, Christmas Eve. <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> But um, that'll be just a, a quick family service, 5 to 6 p.m. And then uh, there's cookies. There's going to be a cookie exchange. How many of you get an abundance of cookies over Christmas? Do you want to share your cookies with everybody? Feel free. We're going to have a table out here to bring cookies. And if you want to take cookies home and don't want to bring any, that's fine too. There will be extra cookies available to take cookies home. But if you want to like sort of just share the blessings of all the cookies that you've been given... If, or if you're a baker and you want to do that, feel free to do that too. So there will be a, an opportunity to share cookies on that, that evening. But it's, um, it won't be long service, as I said. It's a family service, so everybody's together. It'll just be an hour between 5 and 6 Christmas Eve. Was there something else? Um, New, oh, sorry, a New Year's Eve service. We do a very informal service. I almost don't like to call it a service because I don't ask any volunteers to be here. Um, in any shape, form, or fashion, and um, I just start some music, some intimate music, and uh, we'll have some some wine and grape juice and bread and whatever up front here, and we'll just do communion, and we'll just sort of, I, I, I like it to use the opportunity at 5 p.m. just to do a, a, a dedication. You know, sometimes if you, some people want to put the year to bed, it's a great opportunity to look afresh, to put the past behind you, um, and, and I think it's no better way to do that than over communion. So it, but, but it's not a formal thing. If you want to join in it, it's also not going to be very long. It's normally 30 minutes long, half an hour or so, if you would like to do that. I don't do it at midnight because sometimes I want to go to bed early. So, <laughs> so anyhow, sometimes we stay up, though, but that's all good. So um, there are um, other things to watch out for coming up in, this, um, in the next three months. So I just want to give you a heads up. Watch the info booth. Check his stuff out because Jimmy Bratch is going to be with us in, in January. Um, him and Sherry are coming. You, they haven't been here for a few years. He's awesome. Um, and then in February, Andrew's going to be in Orlando, of course, at the GTC. Andrew Womack, sorry, will be here in uh, with Barry Bennett, who's awesome. So the GTC is going to happen in February, more sort of mid-February down in Orlando. It, we always find that's an incredible highlight, awesome input from Andrew Womack and Barry Bennett. If you've never heard Barry Bennett, man, he's rock star. Uh, we, we love Barry a whole bunch. And um, um, yeah, I... And then March, yes, March is our overflow conference. Put that on your calendars because we did our first one this year. I can still call it this year for another three weeks. This year we did our first overflow conference. And um, although Pastor Greg can't make this particular one, we've got the Capras, um, Dennis and Denise Capra, and then we've got Hans uh, Erlinson coming back, and we've got Clinton Serevai is going to be in town, and we've got Nate Tanner going to be here as well, and it's going to be an awesome time. And uh, and Lamont and Sharon are going to be here as well, Pastor Lamont and Pastor Sharon. So that's March. Actually, we're going to kick that off on the 21st with a worship night that the Lord dropped in my heart on, the, on Monday the 21st. And then it'll be um, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings and evenings. So, so, And then, of course, April will be here, and there's ladies' retreat, and there's Easter. So, so watch those things. Amen? Hallelujah. I, um, I really appreciated the worship style we did. And I, I was this morning... Um, I know it was different, and different can be challenging to some people because we can get so used to the way things can be or should be, quote-unquote. What, what is the way it should be? What is the way it should be? You know, I was reminded about some of the worship services I've been in my life, and I was like, man, Lord, you've really, I've really had the privilege of being in some places with a worship service that were very different, and especially, as you know, I, as a missionary in Africa, I had the, the fun experience of being on concrete floors. I remember one place, um, in fact, Carolyn worked there for a little while, this, this, this African church that was growing in leaps and bounds, and, and they had just thrown a concrete floor, and they had steel pillars, and they had a big metal roof, and that was all. 
there were no walls and there was tops hanging down the one side and and there was a cold wind blowing <laughs> blowing through the place and they were just it was just open like that and you know we were just we i remember lying on the concrete on my face you know and it's very undignified well you know i'm not very dignified i guess anyhow but but um but but i think uh, and then i think about the many many mud hut places i've been in and and how many mud 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 wall services we've had and and also i remember this one group of people and i was really challenged by their their this people group because this people group that we were we 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 were working with they had um they were from the jungles they had no technology no knowledge no radio the 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 gospel was being written in their language that they in fact i they i heard that the gospel of john was being translated into their language at the time and now i know it's been done but at the time they had no language uh, uh, no bible and this people group that we were working with they had they sang in my western mind ear terribly they they had no tune they could not carry a tune at all and they didn't even have musical instruments they they used a shaker board they took pieces of like reed and bamboo and they sandwiched it in i don't know like this and they threw beads into it and the thing made a racket and all they would do is shake it and they would and then they would sing and they didn't sing very well <laughs> but you know what i learned you can worship god even if you're not in tune you can worship god even with a shaker you can worship god even if the walls are made of mud but you know what you know what you struggle is if you start thinking this is what worship is it better have a tune it better have an instrument it better have a skilled musician mm, jesus will tap you on the shoulder and say really I'll show you if you want to learn. <laughs> so it's just good. It's good to to um you know I'm 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 grateful for sound and technology and I'm also grateful for our band. You know we 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 have a philosophy of ministry here that we never want anybody to be abused and used and you know so and and we do want people to have a break. So if if, if any uh, you know uh, that's just the way we are you know so we are very 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 grateful for um our worship team and kyle and david and i couldn't even name hunter and you know of course the mark and lexi and the keys and stacy and i mean janine oh yeah janine does all our scheduling and all the people in the back so a big shout out to all of them too but so uh, thank you so much thank you thank you um thank you hallelujah you know um this this message that's been on my heart um and and I started it last week called the kingdom philosophy of life it 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 was impressive to me um because I wanted to sort of set a tone for what the, you know talk about the kingdom for a couple of weeks because because it's important to understand that that this kingdom that we're embracing has got nothing to do with this visible world it's got it, the, the kingdom is actually incredibly different uh very very different jesus came teaching the good news of the kingdom that's how it is jesus came and taught the good news of the kingdom right it says this um it said that we studied that last week but but you know he he came he came in a very different way we said last week he came as a baby in a stable you know that he did cry no matter what the what the away in a manger thing silent night no crying he makes like pfft. What, what nonsense is that you know Jesus cried and yes he pooped you do know that right he was a he was a boy in all these forms and he was he was he was just he was just a regular kid he, the, the bible said he had nothing to attract us to him but yet he said this and that he said that the, the kingdom doesn't come by observation right in Luke 17 we touched on this last week being t- um, asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come when's it going to show up jesus because remember they were looking for this 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 roman conquering savior that was going to come and deliver them and take them away from the oppressor and they all felt like this was going to show up and and he answers them and he says the kingdom of god is not coming in ways that can be observed hmm 
not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you, or within you, as we've studied, inside of you. It's experience, it's a kingdom that you can only experience inside you, and as we saw in John 3, when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he said, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. And I'm telling you, he's not talking about heaven one day even though it is the only way you can also enter the kingdom, and he says that, but you can't even perceive the kingdom unless you are born again, because this kingdom is very different, very different. And so we have to open our hearts to say, are we going to embrace kingdom life or not? Because I can tell you what, when we study these things, you'll see Jesus talks about the laws of the kingdom. They don't work anything like our laws. He talks about the language you know that the kingdom of God is actually inverted in many ways. The world does it this way, and God's kingdom does it that way. It is completely opposite. Jesus said, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. He said, the servant will be greater than the ruler, right? No one is greater than him who serves. All of these things. He says, he gave us, Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. He spoke about keys to the kingdom. He said, then he, we've got kingdom cause. There's a purpose. There's a kingdom cause that we are to live for. And then there's even kingdom emotions, very different to human emotions, totally different to human emotions. But you see, if we don't, if we don't understand, if we don't understand that this is a, a whole different kingdom, let me tell you, this realm that we can enter, perceive, and participate in does is not just an imaginative realm. It's not just a you know, like a, an imagination friend, or what if some kids have like an imaginary friend? It's not like this. It is something that can affect you and change you and experience that you can experience in your emotions, in your physical body. And yes, even in the physical, it can be experienced. But we've got to learn to understand the ways of the kingdom and how to appropriate the things of the kingdom. Because if we don't understand the, the, the kingdom, um, we won't be able to participate in it. You know, I'm, you know, we're from South Africa. We have this game called rugby. It is not anything like football. It's got a similar shaped ball, and you know, that's about it. Yeah, there, 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 it is. If you are trying to understand, believe me, first-hand experience, if you're trying to understand the game of football, when you're looking at it from a rugby perspective, it's like, what? the heck did he just do how he could just pick the ball up and throw it forward how is that even possible you know here's the quarterback he like man can you just keep throwing the ball for you know you, do, you just don't understand because you're seeing it from a a different rule set then we've got a similar game that you you somebody throws a ball at you and some guy stands there and he hits it with a bat now that's about as close as baseball and cricket get to one another because cricket is completely different. Cricket, a cricket test series or game can take a day. You can do a day game or you can, a whole day, yes, one day. Or you can do a five-day game. And, and cricket is in very different and there's a science. And now, but you can't, if, tell you what, if you, <laughs> if you don't understand the rules or you don't understand the game, if you walked into, onto a cricket pitch with a baseball bat or you try to play cricket with baseball rules, it isn't going to work. It's the same with rugby and football. It is not going to work. And yet that's what we try to do as believers. We enter the kingdom, not e we enter this realm, and we think it plays by these rules that we've been raised with. There's these customs and traditions that we approach things with, and we say, oh, well, it's got to work this way. And then we think, why doesn't it work this way? And we get ourselves all bitter and twisted and confused because our customary way of understanding it doesn't work. You remember, I've often I've used this illustration about the Matrix, right? With the movie The Matrix is always so much fun because uh, what I saw in the, in the movie The Matrix was there was this real world and this unseen world. And everybody was living in this sort of imaginary world. They weren't seeing the real world. They were living in this matrix, this illusion. But then there was this genuine world behind the scenes that really nobody kind of knew about, the real world, right? And, and, and to a large degree, there's a very close, um, a, 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 
way of looking at the life. We currently, this world, the physical world that you can touch and see with five senses, the Bible says is very temporary. In fact, it says that. It says that the, Paul was saying that you can see is temporary, but what you cannot see is eternal. Now think about that. Just that one point alone. If you live your life for the physical world and you don't live it for the eternal world, you've got a very, very, very short scope of value, which means you're going to prioritize everything on, on, on an eternal scale. You're going to prioritize things very, very wrong because you think in your physical way of life, and that's the, that's the traditions you've been raised with. You've been raised in a physical world. You've been raised in the matrix. I was raised in South Africa. We are living, we're Americans now. We have had the privilege of living here almost 18, 19, right? 18 years in January, that's right. In a few weeks, it'll be 18 years. But, but we have learned what it's like, to, a little bit more, what it's like to be an American. But I can tell you what, you have to be prepared to let go of language, let go of cultures, understand that this is offensive, here, that's different. That's just within sort of an English, I'd say sort of an English culture because I, yeah, we, don't, we speak the same sort of language, right? Some of those things, right? So, but but, but the, the, the point is that, that, that if you just on the scale of what's temporary and what's permanent, because if you, if you valued every decision based on what God's value system is, on what truly is going to last, what really you can take with you to heaven, what you can, do you know that there, do you know that there are actually rewards going to be handed out? Yes, there are. Jesus is actually going to hand out rewards. And if any one of us have lived, the Bible actually says some of us will make it to heaven by the skin of our teeth. In other words, we'll scrape by, get into heaven. Thank God for that. Great, now you're going to spend eternity with skin of your teeth kind of things. Because guess what? You lived for 80 years. You lived for 100 years. You placed all your value in appeasing the flesh. You placed all your, you didn't, you didn't care about God's view because Jesus came teaching the good news of the kingdom. There's one, there's a, there's a way that looks at and values every, every decision you're going to make from a kingdom eternal perspective. Is this valuable? Is this going to last? What am I investing in? Who am I investing in? But you know, some people, we get so lost because this world shouts at us so loud. And we, I tell you what, you, you guys are champions. You're living in a very challenging time. Beside... What is get told you? How to value things? This is it. Listen. Life and death. Here, like I like Corin says, it isn't really life and death. We aren't chased. We aren't we with COVID and disease and age or dis, whatever it is. You aren't faced. If you are born again, you're not faced with life and death. You're faced with life and eternal life. You're faced with this world or the eternal world. If you can live so grounded in the fact that this is what I'm looking forward to, and that's what the ancients, it says in Hebrews 11, were commended for in Hebrews 11 too, for living by faith, by living by an eternal standard, by looking beyond what is here, by seeing what is coming. And again, I'm going to say it because it's profoundly different, profoundly different. If you're just living for the temporary, it's just temporary. If it's a beach house, whatever it is, really? Is that it? Or we can live to kingdom cause with kingdom value, prioritizing things that Jesus said. Jesus said, listen, I mean, I wasn't putting this in my notes, but Jesus said, listen, guys, if you, if you don't even know how, if you don't even know how to deal with money, how can he trust you with true value? See, Jesus spoke a different language. When you hear that, it's like, what do you mean true value? Because again, when we are looking in our matrix world of this physical temporary world, we think that money has got true value. But we know if any of us have had money and lost money or whatever the case is, that money isn't value. You can have no money 
and have value, but you can also you can also have money and realize, well, you know what? This, isn't, this doesn't scratch the itch that my heart is looking for. My heart is looking for something that's more permanent, that's more lasting, you know, and, and so, and, and I'm not talking, when I say the eternal value, I'm not talking about earning stuff in, this, in, in, in a um, work sort of righteousness way. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about valuing things that Jesus, that Jesus says to value. So anyhow, let me say this. In, when we talk about the kingdom, I want you to, to, to just close your eyes a second and say, what is my intention to hear? What am I, because if you hear with intention and you say, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say about the kingdom. I want to hear what you're saying to me because intention changes what the mind sees and the heart perceives. I'm going to say it again. Intention changes what the mind sees and the heart perceives. So Lord, we want to hear from you. We set our intention to hear from you. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13 says this, verse 10. Um, I mentioned this as well last week, but then the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11, he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now, that's a very interesting passage of scripture because the disciples come afterwards and they say, why do you speak in parables? Why don't you speak clearly? And Jesus says, listen, these these secrets of the kingdom, he called it, secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you. Why? Because they came. They they had to push in. They had to to ask him. Jesus would teach in a parable. And how many times afterwards would the disciples come and say, listen, just what did you mean by that? In other words, the secrets of the kingdom are only for those who are willing to stretch a little deeper. They are willing to push in to ask, to inquire. Those are who the kingdom of God will be revealed. Because Jesus comes talking in many, many, many parables, and those people that heard the parables, they just went and, is he going to do a miracle? Oh, I guess, I don't know what he meant by that. I guess I don't know. Bye. He didn't explain himself. I'm going home to go to whatever. He didn't didn't do a good job teaching me because I didn't learn anything. Really? Jesus spoke in parables for a reason, he says here. The secrets are for those who want to dig a little deeper. You have to dig. You have to, and is, is, is it because Jesus is trying to, is it because Jesus, you think, is trying to keep the truth away from people? No. No. Because you see, you have to get, as I mentioned last week, violent. That's why the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence take it by force. Why? Because you have, to, you have to be so intentional about wanting to understand the kingdom. You have to be so hungry. You have to be so thirsty that you're willing to ask and to seek and to knock. You have to be able to go and knock on the door and seek, find it. You've got to, because if you don't, you won't. Why? Because again, your intention, if you don't, it is so different. The kingdom of of God is so different. The way it works is so different. And the way we get raised by contrast, if you're not intentional, you won't want to push past all the differences. You're going to say, I don't like that, or I don't like that, I don't understand that. But if you set your intention and say, okay, God, I want to know. I need to understand that. Help me. And then you read that and Jesus says, and he expounds and he says, okay, this is what the parable of the sower means. And he goes and he pulls it out. Or, Lord, help me to understand. You know that you've been, you and I, if we, we, we're in a church, we believe in the person work of the Holy Spirit. That's what we have this whole overflow conference for. We've been given the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our counselor. He's our comforter. We can, we can draw on him. And he's not, listen, the Holy Spirit is not going to give us any information outside of the Word of God. He's going to teach us from the Word of God. Any of you who have been born again or I mean, filled with the Holy Spirit know that you could have read the Bible, been born again for years and years and years, and then you've had that experience where you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and then suddenly, the testimony we all have, oh my gosh, who changed my Bible? 
Suddenly my Bible makes sense. Now I can read. Now it's like I'm reading in technicolor. I can see things. Why? Because the Holy, you've allowed the Holy Spirit to come in. He's allowed to work in you. You see, the Holy Spirit is not a doctrine. He's a person. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? It doesn't matter what you say. Listen, guys, doctrine, doctrine is super important. Only because it is a map to where we're going. It is not the destination itself. Having right doctrine, doctrine isn't like, ta-da, I've got right doctrine, I've arrived. I can, I can correct everybody and fight and argue with everybody on Facebook because I've got the right doctrine. If you've got the right doctrine, good, but are you walking it now? Because if you're not walking in it, then it's useless. It's like having a wrong map and a right map, and which one are you going to follow? If you follow the wrong map, it's not going to take you to where you want to go. It's not going to teach you anything. It's not going to help you any because you're following the wrong map. So it is important to have right doctrine so you can follow the right map. But for Pete's sake, if we're not actually following the map, it's useless. The point is not to have the right doctrine. So forget about arguing with any other denomination. Ask yourself, Am I living according to what Jesus told me? Have I seen it in the word of God? Is the Holy Spirit my teacher? Is he leading me? Is he expounding this? Am I following truth? Because if I'm following truth and I'm working it, I say working it very cautiously, because those of you who think that it's not grace, no, it's, grace gives you the ability to follow God's word. If you're not following God's word, then guess what? You are not Jesus' disciple. Then you are just a student who wants to know stuff. But G disciples follow Jesus. I'm going to put it this way. The kingdom of God or the realm of God has a king. If you aren't submitted to the king, if you're not submitted to lordship, you don't listen to what Jesus says. If you still think that it's up your choice, to do it or not do it, then you're not in the kingdom. <laughs> you're not operating in the kingdom. Am I saying, for clarity's sake, that you can't go to heaven? No, if you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can go to heaven by the skin of your teeth. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying if you're going to enter and work and live according to the kingdom of God, then you come in to the king, you submit to the king, you do it the king's way. You follow the king's word, you listen to what the king has to say, you call him Lord Jesus for a reason, and you, do, you submit to his lordship. Yes, and I am a grace preacher, promise you. It has to be, we, there is a submission to the king and to the Lord and to the lordship of Jesus. There is a large part of the body of Christ today that just feels like it's their choice. Whether they want to follow Jesus or not. And it is. It is. Because God has given you and I and every single human being that has ever lived and will ever live on this planet free will. It is so so vitally important to understand free will. It really is. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll touch on that in a second here. But very, very important to understand free will. So this kingdom, as I've said here, is an invisible kingdom. Well, actually not. It's only invisible to these eyes. Because you can see it. Jesus said, you will see it when you're born again. You can perceive it. Every one of you who is born again can see this kingdom. You can perceive it if you have your intention and your willingness to see what he says. Amen? Okay. So, there's this scripture in Ephesians 2 that you all know very, very, very well. Um, and I'm going um, to go right down to verse 8 of Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it's the gift of God not as a result of works that no one may boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them um, Ephesians of course is loaded with with truth and and um, as are all the small scripture but for by grace have you been saved through faith um, and and those two words 
are uh, in verse 8 there by it is by grace that we have been saved through faith now for so many years we have especially if you've come out of a faith background or gone through faith teaching it's like well you know there was this sort of error once a lot of the body of christ was sort of leaning towards us how are we saved well we saved by faith well no that's not what it says it doesn't say we saved by faith and then there was this other error that says oh well we just saved by grace well that's also error too because it shows you very clearly here in another place is that i'm not teaching on specifically here that we are saved by grace through faith now i haven't taught on either of these topics explicitly for a while it's been a few years since i've taught on grace and that grace is is an essential understanding because it, it, it grace and both of these are very very important to understand but, but you see if you believe in grace alone if you if you have this part of the body of christ that says well it's it's grace that saves us there is so many errors that are in lots of doctrine um denominations and people end up in which really is this god is in control god is the sovereign like he is and they by that they mean that you know i'm not going to go and teach that right now but he that he is ultimately deciding everything because he is sovereignly in control no that's not what god did he is he is sovereign he is all power he is the final say but that doesn't give him the right or give, he hasn't given himself the right to change his word he hasn't given himself the right to lie about certain things so god if you go into this by grace we're saved by grace we saved and you don't you say that is leads absolutely to error by the same token if you say oh by faith we saved you end up in this legalism and this workplace where it's just up to you to do stuff to get to get yourself to do so it's not by either grace or by faith alone either of them it's by grace through faith now i'm not just talking semantics here I'm not just talking. I'm not just just talking um, uh, doctrine here. To so 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 stick with me because in in a, in a in a little bit we just got to unpack that that truth a little bit because faith is essential because this world this we're talking about this kingdom realm we're speaking of is an invisible kingdom and faith is an essential part of participating in this kingdom grace is an important important part but so grace alone leads to this inclusion kind of thing you know what i mean by inclusion have you heard ultimate reconciliation inclusion people that say oh well you know what you're just saved everybody is saved um there's been so many errors if if you've been in the body of christ very long um there's been some big name speakers believe oh well you know, you know everybody is going to heaven everybody is saved because you know god is just so loving and he would never want you know i wouldn't want my child to go to hell and if god is loving this is how it often goes if god is loving then and he loves the world so much as it says in john 3:16 then he's just going to save the whole world whether whether we like it or not that's how ultimate reconciliation or inclusion ends up going that way that's what people believe if they start talking by grace alone okay so so we've got to realize that again free choice is a big big deal you know without free will i have to just mention i get i'm not going to talk on this topic so just put a pin in it without free will they cannot be love okay and i'll and i'll and i'll explain this a little just a just a touch for god to love us for us as a humanity to be able to be loved by god we had to have choice you if you were ever to experience the love of god it is your and the ability for you to love your spouse comes because you got to choose him or her the same way with god god the, the people have often asked well why did god put that dang tree in the garden well because without that quote unquote dang tree in the garden there wouldn't have been free will god had to put and remember i don't know how big the garden was in square miles 
But guessing that since he made all the animals and everything we told that all the trees and everything that God put in the garden, I'm guessing it's big. I don't know how many square miles we can talking of, but like really big. In all those square miles of garden that Adam and Eve had to go back and forward, he put one tree, one single tree. Do you think Adam and Eve couldn't find fruit? No, he had to put one tree in the, on, in the garden so that, and give them a command so that there was choice. They had the ability to choose, will I hear him? Will I hear my Lord and obey him and trust him and take him at his word or won't I? Without that tree, there wouldn't have been choice. But because that tree existed, there was choice. And because choice exists, we can experience love. Because, because, that tree, because choice exists, we can choose to love God or choose to worship God. Just think about this. Here we go through religious worship stuff in many churches. Stand up, sit down, sing this song, sing that song, let this person sing, let that person. Like God, listen, God is not in any way impressed by the quality of anybody's singing. It doesn't matter how good you sing or how bad you sing. What makes your worship valuable is that you choose to worship. If you choose to worship him, it gives beauty and value to God because you could have been at home in bed. You chose to come and worship. Whether it's here in church with, with brothers and sisters or whether it's alone with your worship music on, when you sit down and you set your intention to, Lord, Jesus, I love you, Lord. It's your intention that gives worship meaning at all. If you go through a hundred thousand songs and you just sing them, la 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 la, you're wasting your breath. You've wasted all your time because it means nothing. Do you understand? Makes sense, right? It's your intention to set time aside. It's your tension to set time aside with God that gives it value to him because you're deciding to spend time in intimacy with your father. So free, free will, free will is a big deal. Free will is a big deal because it gives understanding to this realm. It's, so it's very, 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 very important to understand free will. And when you understand free will, it's not, the whole world starts making, I mean, the whole kingdom starts making sense because there's all these people that say, well, why didn't God do this? And why did God do this? And of course, there's the horrible, 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 horrible doctrine that I believe is straight from the pit of hell that's all got one foot on the foundation of God is in control. Because what they're saying is, I don't have free will. God made it happen. And I'm telling you, this takes some careful thoughts that only you can process. I can only, and any preacher can only give you keys and show you which door to walk through, but only you can take the key and only you can walk through the door. Because this is something that you have to process on your own. You have to grasp that understanding. You have to push in if you want to understand these secrets. They're not really secrets, but you do have to push in to get them. But, but choice this, this, this stuff that says God is this, I mean, yeah. Do you think, you think God wanted Cain to kill Abel? Of course not. It was Cain's choice. Do you think God wanted, I mentioned last week, did God want Israel to enter the promised land? Absolutely. Did they choose not to? Yes, they did. They chose not to. In, first, in, in Psalm 115, 16, it says, The heavens are the Lord's, uh, sorry, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The children of men. Listen to that again, Psalm 115, 16. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth has he given to men. 
process that for a second. Who does the earth belong to? If we believe the Bible. Well, the earth belongs to God. Mm, nope, doesn't. He's given it to men. I mean, that's just what the Bible says. Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Not only has the earth been given to men, but guess who has dominion over the earth? We do, according to the word of God. And I know I'm rattling a few cages here, but sorry. Um, so kingdom, kingdom law says, hold on a second, God, you've given the earth to men? Yes. God has given the earth to men. That's an important piece to understand. When you understand you have free will and that the earth is ours, men have the ability to listen to God and follow his ways or not. You want to know why the world is in disarray? It's got nothing to do with God. It's got to do with men who have departed from his ways and are choosing to listen to another. That is why the world is going the way it is. When we follow God and when we submit to his lordship, when we teach the good news of the kingdom and we submit to his ways of doing things and we say, okay, God, I'm going to see things. I choose with my intention to see things the way you say things are, to, 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 to operate the way you say things are, then guess what? The kingdom can flow. Why? Because that's the way God designed it. How do we know this? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because we know what God's will is. The Lord's Prayer, right? Jesus praying the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, so what is the intention of God? God's intention is for us to experience heaven on earth. Going to say it again. God's intention for us is to experience heaven on earth. Why? Because he said, pray, thy will be done on earth here, now, on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> that is God's plan and intention. You know, I used to get so confused as a young believer because I would say, if I just knew the will of God, if I just knew the will of God, and I, and I made a big deal, of, I, I couldn't understand. I'm telling you what, when, as you get to intimately walk a relationship with somebody, you get to know them, right? The longer you get to know them and be with them, the more you know how they think. Corin finishes my sentences, my stories. Some of them she's completely usurped and adopted. Just, uh, and, and, and I've probably done some of them the same with her. But, but we know, we, we've, it, we get to know what each other, I can see something and know. I have no idea what Corin's going to like, or I know exactly what Corin's going to like. Why? Because we know each other intimately. We hang out with one another. We see we've been with each other for so We know one another. It's no different to knowing God. The more you hang out with God, and I'm not talking extra biblical information here, but information or secret knowledge of God outside of the word of God. No, 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 no. God has made himself very, very, very clearly known. And I've said that in the congruence message that I mentioned just a couple of weeks ago. God, through his names, he's revealed his character. He's revealed himself. Jesus said, you've seen me in exact, you've seen how he behaves. You got it. God has made himself very, very, very clearly known. It's taken theology and a bunch of denominations for us to confuse everything. But are we willing to be unconfused? Are you willing to hear and to listen and to hear with your heart and apply so that you're, because I can tell you what, Jesus, when Jesus said those words in Luke 4, when he says, I came to set the captives free, to open blind eyes, all of those things, he's talking about this kingdom. Because you're seeing, it's not just, it's not the physical stuff. I, I, and yes, bl can blind the blind, physical blind see? Yes, that's that's. But that's not what he was talking about. He came to show us 
the gospel of the kingdom, to experience this, right? So back to, you know, so we know God's plan is for us to have heaven on earth. That is God's intention. Now, believe me, just that little phrase, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. If you take that home and meditate on that for a while, wow, God, your intention is for me to experience heaven on earth. Really? Yes, Shannon, I really want you to. So is there hospitals in heaven? No, Shannon, there is no hospitals in heaven. So what about the preacher on, who's going to say now, undoubtedly somewhere before long, this tornado that just ripped out a whole bunch of people, you know, that was because God is judging. Are there tornadoes in heaven, Shannon? No, Lord. Do you think it's my will to use tornadoes on? Uh, I guess not, because you want your will is for things to be on earth as it is in heaven. It's not, it's not rocket science. God is good. And he, he is. He is good. And, and, and his goodness is defined by these things. If we think there's hospitals in heaven, if we think there's tornadoes, if we think there's hurricanes, we, it, but you see, we've been confused by these things. We've been confused because, again, going back to my congruence message a few Sundays ago, if you don't match up truth with the names of God, his character, how Jesus lived, what Jesus accomplished through his death, through his burial, through his victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave, through his ascension for him getting an inheritance from the Father, being seated at the right hand of the Father. If you don't pass those things through and actually, well, oh, sorry. Yeah. Hey, I got something here. <laughs> if you don't set your intention inside, then you won't, und- you, you won't grasp these things. And, and, and guys, please, please hear my heart here. I have seen too many believers who aren't hungry, that aren't captivated enough by Jesus' love, that they don't want to push into his presence. And so, and so they, 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 they toy with, with, with religion or Christianity in a very superficial way, and then they, they say, oh, well, yeah, God's, yeah, God's not, you know, he's not, I just, just doesn't work. It's got, it's got nothing to do with it not working. There, there's, just, there's just simple things we have to work through in the kingdom, right? So, so back, to, back to Ephesians chapter 2. Um, it is by grace through faith that we have been saved. Now, we've touched on that word saved many times. Sozo. Remember, it's to be saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, rescued, preserved, to, made, to be made well, or to, uh, sorry, to be to made to do well or make whole. That is what the word saved means so it's not just eternal salvation it is by grace through faith you're going to hear me say that a couple of times now um i i can't in five or ten minutes do grace justice but but let's let's just sort of just give a little brief overview of grace one grace is unmerited favor for it just because, you know, it's not, it's not my favorite definition. I think there's multiple definitions to grace, and I think they're all, all of them have got truth. God's riches at Christ's expense, you've heard that one, G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense, I think is a beautiful one. It is. God's riches at Christ's expense. It costs, G, it costs Jesus everything, but they give it us for free. Is it unmerited favor? Yes, it's favor, and it's unmerited. We don't merit it. But it still doesn't tell us what the actual grace piece is. It's God's ability enabling us to do what we cannot do in our ability. I think the strongest puts it that way. God's ability that works in our heart, works in our heart, establishing. So again, I'm not trying to do a super expose on grace right now. But I want you to understand that, that grace, grace is not this floppy um, this floppy thing that people say, oh, well, you know, if you're a grace church, which, which I consider ourselves to be, then you just say that, that you know, if, we're a, if we're, a, we're a grace church, then we just give license to sin. No, absolutely not. Grace literally has got so much more to do that with, with, uh, with, <laughs> with us giving the ability to live outside of sin. In fact, if you, you, didn't, if you don't understand grace, you have no ability to come out of sin. The word of God says that the strength of sin is in the law. And when we understand grace versus law, and that grace literally according to, I think it is 
Is it Titus? Yeah. Oh, Titus 2.11? Yeah. I want to pick this up quickly. Titus 2.11, that's right. Yeah, for, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passage, it's worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. That's powerful. It's training us. I love that word training in the ESV. Grace training us to renounce ungodliness. If we don't understand grace, we, not, we don't have the ability to renounce worldliness and and you know how many and yet if we believe law and, and legalism and we've been trapped i don't know how many of you have experienced a legalistic church or a legalistic upbringing uh, you know if you have and you've been caught in legalism you know that the strength of sin is in the law according to first corinthians fifteen fifty six. the strength of sin actually comes by law so it's essential to understand grace, and, and we, we will, we'll have to unpack this, this whole topic a little bit more. But, but Romans 6.14 says this for, this, for sin will not have dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. Romans 6.14. So if we want to live in, in this realm where we are not fettered with sin, then we have to grasp grace. And it's a, it's a really, really, really good thing. Amen. Because again, yeah, the role of law is important and, we, and, and I, I just don't feel liberty to go with that this morning. The, the, the role of law was a, was a powerful thing. We don't discount the Old Testament. We don't discount law. The law had many purposes, many good, good purposes. And Jesus said the law is good. Not one jot or tittle will pass from the law until it's fulfilled. And there is a place for understanding what the law is. The law describes things. It gives us real uh, important things. But we do not, by the law, get righteous. We don't acquire righteous by living according to the law. We, the Old Testament, the, the Ten Commandments, by, you don't become righteous by living according to the Ten Commandments, right? So grace versus law is this, this, this um, dichotomy, if you want to go Some people consider it a dichotomy. I don't think it is a dichotomy. It's almost like it, the understanding, it's, it's so important to understand grace and law and, and say, okay, these, this is how they work together. We are saved by grace, God's riches, God's freedom. God gave us all of these things. He's given us Jesus' inheritance. He's taken the punishment for us and by faith, which is what? Our ability. I say, uh, faith is our part, I should say, not our ability. Faith is the ability, for, is, is when we are, when, and, and, and we'll, we'll unpack faith too, but faith is our responsibility. And, and I, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, um, we just pull this one up quickly and then I'll try and, uh, and just close there for today. Because in, um, in, I think it's in Hebrews chapter, where did I write it down? Hebrews chapter 3, I know I did put it in my notes here. I just, yeah, here it is. Nope, no, wrong Hebrews scripture. Sorry, guys. Where did I write it down? I did write it down. I probably, oh, here it is. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says this. Take care, brothers, lest there be any in unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another as it's today. Hold on. I don't want to go give you too much information. Let's drop down to verse 18. To whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? Verse 19 of, chapter, of Hebrews 3. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Now, this is talking about why the Israelites could not enter the promised land. You remember the story? Just quick overview, but it's important to grasp it. Ten spies... 12 spies went into the land. Moses says, go and check out the land. 12 spies come back. Massive thing of fruit. They say, it's an exceedingly blessed land. Fruit and milk and honey, but we can't do it. And Caleb and, and Joshua say, yes, we can. God says we can take it. And the other 10 spies say, no, we can't. There's giants in the land. These guys are just way too big and we just can't do it. And the Bible says the anger of the Lord gets kindled against Israel because Jesus, God had, the word God had said to them was, you are well able. 
you have the ability to go in. I will go in for you. You will be able to. So God's word. Now listen, does that mean that God went and fought the giants? No. God said, you will have, your, you will have grace when I'm with you. The grace will enable you to overcome the giants when you get in the land. But if you will just listen to me. So 10 spies said, no, we, we can't do it. We, we really can't do it. So God's anger burns against them. And he says, listen, this entire millions of people, you're all going to die out here in the wilderness. In the meantime, you're going to have manner. Sure, I'll, I'll, you'll get by. You're going to have manner and you're going to have all of these things. But guess what? Only two of all of them would enter the promised land. Not even Moses got into the promised land. And here the teaching in, in Hebrews 3 and 4, if you want to go and study the whole two chapters on your own, they could not participate in this promise of God of abundance because they did not mix it with faith. And it warns us, it says the promise of entering his rest still stands. And it says, let us be sure that we do not fail from that same example. So understand, faith is, faith is very, 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 very necessary. Because faith says, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to hear what you say for one, which most people don't. Remember the secrets, pushing in, understand. Many people aren't going to hear, take the time, intentionality to even hear what God says. He's going to, you're going to have to take, hear, and then you're going to have to combine it with faith and say, yes, Lord. Amen. We are saved by grace through faith. What does the word saved mean? Saved, healed, delivered, prospered, set free, to made to do well, made whole protected we experience all the benefits of the kingdom because we're willing to take this gracious gift of what god's given us but add faith we are saved by grace through faith both are necessary so i just wanted to lay that piece because the kingdom of god that we're and is is different The question is, where do you want to live? Do you want to live in the wilderness as a believer? Or do you want to enter the promised land of rest? Do you want to participate in what the kingdom promises are? Because it is not automatic. I'm going to say it again. The blessings of God are not automatic. Are they free? Yes, by grace. Were they earned by Jesus? Yes, they are. Are they free for everybody? Yes, they are. But will you participate by faith? Will you be able to understand? Will you lay hold of the truths of these things of grace? Understand for today, that's all I can leave with you because as I said, we can unpack and, and study faith at length. We can do a, a, a good a good session on faith to understand what faith is and isn't because I'm telling you there's a lot of there's a lot of confusing teaching out there and you know what you could say oh well it's all too confusing I don't have time for that okay use your free will make that broad brush stroke if you like I don't want to understand because it's just too hard to understand okay you don't have to 120 were in the upper room after Jesus taught for three years 120, not the thousands and the multitudes that heard the Beatitudes and watched all the miracles. And what, what am I saying? And, and again, I've got to say this carefully. Do you think God doesn't want every person to appreciate this? Yes, he does. But this world that we live in is very counter. It's very physically. This matrix is very temporary. And you're going to have to want it and want to push through to hear his voice because he is calling you and I promise you this, you hear us, we talk about God's unconditional love here all the time. He is wanting, he desires to draw you into intimacy. He wants to teach you. He wants you to be a disciple, a learner that is coming and saying, Lord, I want to learn. 
I want to learn so I know what to do, how to apply this, what that figures out. I want to do that. But you, you have to have the want to. Each of us have to come to God with the want to. Because if you put it on God and say, well, God, if you just don't hit me down the, the roll with it, then, I just, then that's your fault because you, it's not your will for me to have it. That's a cop-out. You know how much religion is there? Oh, if God really wanted me to have it, he would just give it to me. Heard that before? If God really wanted me to have healing, he would just give it to me. I guess God's the one holding, me, holding back my healing. Really? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which do you believe? Which do you believe? Will you dare take God at his word? Will you dare believe that yes, he is sovereign, but he has actually given us his truths? Will you press in? Will you be a violent person that's willing to take the kingdom by force? Will you lay hold of it and say, I want this? Will you, will you fight with eagerness that I spoke of last year, the, I mean last, last week, about the wisdom of God that you've got to want this more than, a, than for a hidden treasure? If you seek for the kingdom as for hidden treasure, you'll find it again. He's not hiding it, people. You've just got to be willing to let go of your it, it, you have to be so eager to want it and to experience it that you're willing to let go of your matrix, your view, your opinion, your religion, your beliefs, your things. Are you willing to learn from him? Remember Jesus' famous words, Matthew 11? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says, come. Learn from me, and I'm gentle, humble of heart. You'll find rest for your souls. Come and watch how I do it, right? I like how the message says that passage. Come watch how I do it. Learn from me. Jesus is the only one we can come and learn from. Amen. So let's just set our intention that way. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for truth. Father, I thank you that your truth of this good news of the kingdom comes to open blind eyes and to set the captives free. Father, I refuse to be held in bondage by religion. And what I can do this morning is I can choose where I will live. And more than just choose, I can, I can choose to embark on a journey of this intimate relationship that you're calling me into you are calling me into this intimacy and i hear the voice of your spirit saying come watch how i do it learn from me come watch how i do it i want you to experience this come watch how i learn from me because i have a plan for you i have a plan for you and i have a plan through you there are many i'm telling you this is with undoubtedly a word for each one of you but there are many waiting on the other side of your obedience. There are many waiting on the other side of God's call to you. Whether you will choose to say, yes, Lord, I choose that. I choose not to just make a one-time decision, but I choose to walk the path of the disciple. I choose to press in. I choose to lay hold. I choose to let pride go and, and, and be humble to learn from you thank you spirit of God for your humility thank you for free will Lord without which we couldn't know your love thank you for free will that gives us the right right now to choose what we will do with this and for the rest of our lives thank you Holy Spirit Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just as a, just want to let the Holy Spirit just minister to your hearts in a second. impressed again to say that but many have been told it's just a one time decision to choose to follow God 
but it's really not. It's that, it is that time where you choose to follow God that is important, but it is a daily decision. Just as we close here in a minute, I just want to just encourage you, if you do not and have never received Jesus or do not know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, then make sure you pray with one of our, our prayer counselors here as we, as we dismiss. And the challenge I want to leave with you today is, what are you hearing? Are you hearing what the Spirit says to you? Are you submitting to what Jesus says to you? Are you submitting to this permanent call into an intimate relationship with Him because He loves you so, so, so very much? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Karen, do you have anything, sweetheart? I typically teach kids every so often, and that by grace through faith concept is a big one. And this is what I like to do. Would you stretch your hand out? God has extended his grace to us. But I have to accept it by faith. Grace is his part. And my response, when I have faith, when I believe, that's when that connection happens. If God has extended out his, his grace to you today, your response is just, I take it. I receive it. I'm not lifting myself out. I'm, all I'm doing is grabbing the life ring that he sent to me. I can't save myself. And just like a life ring, if a life preserver is thrown to you and you choose not to receive it, did you condemn yourself? Yeah. There are many people who are going to wish that they had said yes in that moment that they were reached out to. It's never too late while you're breathing. It's never too late. God doesn't do the condemning. He has done the extending. It's us who do not respond in faith and thereby condemn ourselves. If that picture resonates in your heart, or if that picture gives you words to share with people, and I want you to understand this, your loved ones who have not experienced God's love, you are the mouthpiece that he wants to use to reach them. God can use imperfect people like Shannon and I, and not pointing fingers, but just own it, right? He can use us if we say yes. So today that's the invitation. Say yes to Jesus and yes to what he can do through you. Amen. We love you all. We'll see you on Wednesday for Overflow or Sunday for church. And there is no overflow. I'll mention this. There's no overflow and youth the week between Christmas and New Year. We're going to take a break for, for that Wednesday night. But make sure that you get together with people you love and love on them with Jesus' love. Amen.